Hello, and today your At The Flicks team are in Stroud to talk to Mr Andy Friedman. Andy is the co-founder of the Stroud Film Festival, which is now in its sixth year. With festival preparation now well underway, Andy, thank you very much for sparing the time to come and talk to us today. Well, thank you for asking me over. Ah, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very well, apart from a slight cold, but uh, I'm on the the mend. Not tired out with all the running around for the festival? It's been busy. I mean, the news is that the print programme has gone to the printers and will be out pretty soon, and the posters and so on, all in hand. So we've climbed that great big hurdle. Excellent. Six years. I mean, six incredible years, and every year the lineup gets better. What do you think the secret of the Stroud Film Festival success is? One of the things that we've evolved into, it's a partnership. It's a great big partnership, and now there are 12 organisations. So when you see the programme, which is extraordinarily varied, it isn't one or two people just sitting down and coming up with something. There's lots of minds out there thinking differently about their audience and being encouraged to be inventive. And so what we're doing is really shaping something into a festival that is, well, it's kind of more than the sum of its parts. This year it's bigger than ever. There are 32 events. Wow. And it's a bit longer. And uh, as I say, there are 12 partner organisations working with us across the area. And, and it's almost like a pop-up because there are a few events in the standard cinema, but a lot of it, it's all around the place. You can almost stumble over something as you're walking through Stroud. Absolutely. It is in non-traditional venues. I mean, one of the kind of unique things that we do in Stroud is we've got a film on it for this year for the first time at Rush Skate Park, which uh, has to be a a first. But you know we've had films on in a brewery and a church and a railway goods shed. And so we are trying to use, you know, non-standard venues. And so you're right, you could stumble across something. The only cinema that, in fact, we're using is the Electric Picture House in Wooten, which is a brilliant independent outfit. Yeah. And they've been one of our one of the partners from, I think, the second year. Graham was on Radio Gloucester with them, weren't you, uh, not so long ago? Yeah, I was. Very interesting chap. Very committed to cinema. So a key thing for our listeners, what are the dates for this year's festival? There's a very exciting lead-in event on the 21st of February. That's a Friday. And the festival proper starts on the 27th of February through until the 28th of March. That's the longest yet you've run the festival. It, it's long. It's, it's long and thin. At some point, <laughs> there's quite a lot going on. We're aware that the audience that we are serving are quite often local or from sort of Bristol, Cheltenham radius, and so we're not can. So we're not able to do six films every day with you know, three different venues, which is a kind of short and fat festival. We're doing something which is much more sustained. But, but also those festivals, and I take Cheltenham Film Festival last year, which I did enjoy, but Cannes and all of those, you go and you see the film. Maybe there might be someone there doing a Q&A, but that's it. But yours is very different. It's much more immersive. It's about a lot more than just watching feature films. Yes. There are some great feature films. Well, we're trying to serve all the sectors of the audience. So there's one part of our audience that is really keen on fresh, independent, award-winning movies. And we have a few of those. But we also got a lot of filmmakers in talking about work. We've got a range of old movies. We've got a 1920 silent, Beggars of Life, which is one of the classic late silent movies with a soundtrack provided by a live band. 
Live soundtrack. A live soundtrack oh, for that. That'd be fantastic. And there's a whole set of enthusiasts for that across the region who only go and watch movies with live soundtracks. High Society, 1956. Great that's films. on. I think there's a dress code for that. So you mentioned immersive. I think it's black tie and cocktails are served beforehand. Excellent. The doors open and then there's a, you know, an hour before the actual show starts. And then for the younger members or for families, there's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory done by the local Strictly Cinema group. So which version of the film is that? This is the 1970... 1971. 71, yeah. sorry, yep. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's the original film version. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder exactly. <laughs> That's it. And yeah. uh, I think it's the one we felt was important. Brilliant. There'll be games, there'll be dressing up, there'll be interesting food, or most, mostly chocolate. There will be a golden ticket. So it's an event. It's not just seeing the film. So it begins early in the evening. It's for chocolate fans of all ages. Just go back to the beginning. Are you having your usual startup event in the Prince Albert? We are having an official launch in the Prince Albert, but quirkily, it's not the first thing on the agenda. Right. First thing is a lead-in event, which is going to be at Goodshed, the Brunel Goodshed, and it's going to be something quite special. Okay. Is there anything you can say on that at the moment, or is that watch the presses? I, I think I can say a bit about that. Stroud's Hollywood film director, Mark Yobst, as you're probably aware, has just finished directing The Witcher, amongst other things, splitting his time between L.A. and Stroud. And over here, he's been working on his own feature film, which is called Home. It's a multi-generational musical about homeless young people and their families set in Bristol and Gloucester. And what he's coming to do on the 21st of February at the Good Shed with some of the cast is to do a performance of a live pitch. So this is something quite unusual. There'll be words, singing, dancing, live. It's, it's the film. And what he's trying to do is get audience responses at this stage to build the script. So they've got a really great kind of idea of the bare bones of it, but they've kind of tested out all audiences in a a kind of live space. That is fantastic. Lads, I think we're signing up for that. Oh, definitely. We're going to be there. That's for us. That is an incredible idea. So you become your own focus group or you become a a Hollywood producer for an evening. Both of those rolled into one. But what he's (laughs) clearly doing is he's kind of, he knows how the Hollywood system works and he's trying to do something which is quite different. Yeah. To that so something that's a, and I think the word authenticity was something mm. that he's he's really keen on. No, it just sounds really exciting, and he's got some great choreographers and writers and actors involved. And I think when the film's made, there'll be young people on the crew, young people who haven't actually necessarily been in the film industry before. I mean, it's really ambitious and really exciting project. Yes, we went to see Mark last year when he did the workshop and explained how a film set works, the various roles, like assistant directors, what they do, they're there to protect the director, essentially. It was just incredible. And as you say, he's had a, Mark's had a fantastic year with directing key episodes of The Witcher. No stopping that guy. Now, I also see on the list, we get into the film festival proper, the 27th of February to the 28th of March, you've got... A screening of that highly acclaimed Netflix film, A Marriage Story. Gareth at the Electric Picture House in Wooten has put in a bid through the BFI distribution network. So that will be quite an early cinema release of 
that film, which has, as I say, had a huge amount of very positive feedback. Also, towards the end of the festival, Gareth's putting on Portrait of a Woman on Fire, which is another highly acclaimed movie, which I think a lot of people will be hearing more about in the next few weeks. We had a chat with one of the Cineworld managers earlier this week, and they've got that film coming in, but it's after the screening of Wooden. So if you want to see it first, look out for Wooden. Right, great. I didn't know the precise dates, but uh, I'm pleased to hear that. Gareth is, is on the case. And again, another one that uh, we want to see. And it's in a foreign language, which means Neil will drag us there. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no kidding. Other than that, the screening of those films, and they're really key films, and I would urge anybody who's listening to this to go see them, you do bring guests into the festival. You've got Robin Pete at the festival this year introducing her film Blackbird. This is uh, about youth set in Scotland. It actually makes a nice companion piece with what Mark's trying to do. Where's that event being held? That's an atelier up in top of town in Stroud, and that's a film that's it's won quite a lot of awards. It hasn't done a big cinema release. It's really interesting because it's about young people and it's about Scottish tradition, it's about folk music, and it's about the kind of barriers between the older and the younger generation sometimes being broken through things like music, but quite a complicated and moving film, which Robin was heavily involved in, and she lives locally. So that's, I think, an introduction and a Q&A, both of those. Um, so looking forward to that very much indeed. Yeah, I was reading some of the reviews on that on IMDb, and they're, they're very strong. Yeah, word of mouth on this has been tremendous. So it, it's one that I definitely want to see as well. In fact, it'll be easier to find things I don't want to see in this festival because most of it going down the list is on my list to see. I mean, you've got a screening of bait, which, again, given how pivotal the fishing industry and the negotiations on that are going with everything around the EU, it's very timely. And I understand you've got producers Kate Byers and Lynn Waite? I think bait is really important for the Southwest region. You probably know that it was made on a really small budget and that it's in black and white made on film. But it's public knowledge that the director actually hand-processed after it was developed, each roll of film, I think he ran through a bucket of sand, and it has got a very kind of scratched... Yeah, I didn't know this. I did not know this. ...feel, and a lot of the sound is, is post-synced. It's extraordinary. It's absolutely remarkable piece of filmmaking with a cast, a really good cast, but quite a lot of them are Cornish actors or from the Southwest, and there's big Stroud connections. So we're going to get the two producers, but I think there are other people locally, some of the actors who will come. It's been extraordinarily successful. I think its first release, it had about five places or something, and it's incrementally shot up. And I think Mark Commode has has it on his list of films of 2019, which for something so small and local is is pretty impressive. And it's a really interesting film. And like you say, the there's some very important thought-provoking stuff about tourism and Cornish identity and the fishing industry and uh, I think it make you know lots of people, lots of us who go on holiday to Cornwall think twice. I take it you've seen it already. Uh, yeah, I saw it with one of the producers back in the summer. Where's that one being shot? That is at Lansdowne Hall. That's part okay. of the Lansdowne Film Club. But also, there's a an afternoon prior to that. So there's two events around bait. Just before the evening screening, which will have an introduction and a Q and A. There's this soup versamlung. 
Yeah, I was going to ask about the soup. Well, this is an idea, it's a German idea, which I know Kat at Atelier has taken on, which people are more open and communicative if they're eating and drinking. And so you can get to meet the, the producers in a more informal basis at Atelier in the afternoon. So it's a kind of chat and there's soup, bread and and drinks. I haven't been to one yet, but apparently it's a really kind of informal and friendly format. Yeah, that sounds great. Not a fish-based soup, is it? Well, I don't know. That's an interesting question. (laughs) It'll tie in with the film, won't it? It would, it would, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, What can you say about the special screening of Edge of Wonder? Your health is in their gut and opening the earth. I think that's uh, biodiversity there, isn't it? Yeah, or both of those are also at Atelier. And so what we've got, this kind of wing of the festival, these are documentaries. They're part of an event which is about a topic. So one is about biodiversity. The other one is about literally about your gut. And so they're utilising films that won't have been seen on, on television necessarily or on Netflix. But this is kind of recent material which is about something that's quite significant so in terms of the breadth of our programme, these two are contributing to another another aspect of that breadth. The film is kind of key, but there's also speakers and Q&A and a whole topic about both of those significant issues. It's interesting. I mean, talking about those films and Bait and all of this, and we've got in Stroud, the home of Extinction Rebellion. The festival seems to tie in with all that, looking at quite serious issues through some challenging but fun films. Well, also at the Film Stroud event, which is the kind of community video screening on the 20th of March at Lansdowne. It's got films about Stroud, films made in Stroud or films by people from Stroud. So we're going to have all the kind of films made by kids in various projects. There's a couple of really exciting young people's film projects. They'll be screened. There'll be some short films sent in by local people. The 60-second film challenge, yes, which will happen again this year. Yeah. So some of those will be on, on screen. We've got a really great 30-minute film, award-winning film by a guy called Nick Phillips, who's a local filmmaker. And there's something about Carbon Neutral 2030. It's a kind of series of Vox Pop films, just talking to local people about what would they do if it's quite diverse. But there's a kind of question going, oh, well, how would you feel if you enjoyed the landscape of Stroud? If um, there was a wind turbine up on the hill over there, and how would you respond to that? And then people go, well, I'm not very keen on that. To which the reply is, so what would you do instead? It's just trying to get people to think. And Stroud is one of those places where we have kind of done some special things over the years in terms of the environment. And continue to do so. When you've got Molly Scott Cato, who is representative of this area, I guess what I'm trying to say is you look at festivals, you look at Bristol, you look at Bath, you look at Cheltenham, nobody's covering what's being done in Stroud. This breadth that you've got, I think, is absolutely fascinating. Well, that's what keeps us going. I mean, I think we live very much in a world where there are lots of streaming services and there's also... People can head off to cinemas in, in Bristol, for example, and see what's just come out on a kind of independent circuit. So we are looking at that other thing as well. So film is is much wider, certainly than the kind of very mainstream Hollywood that comes out. Film's a fantastic medium and really, really, really diverse and broad in its content and form. So we're trying to celebrate that. But there are two things in the festival I look forward to every year, and the first of these is the animation now, Stroud has 
place in the history of animation in the UK. Animal Farm, for example, was made here. What have we got in store on animation this year? A number of things uh, about animation or to do with animation. There will be a workshop at the museum run by Ardman, which is about claymation. So a hands-on workshop which people of any age can sign up for and it's kind of focused around well-known Ardman characters. We expect demand to be very heavy on that. Alongside that, the museum have wheeled out their... They've got a fantastic archive of Hallas and Bachelor, which, as we all know, was that studio just along the road from here, which ran from the 40s to the 1980s, making an extraordinarily large number of animation, as you say, Animal Farm being, I think, Britain's first animated feature. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so across the, the, the festival, there are four different events where at the museum they're putting on films, some of them, you know, like Animal Farm is one of them. There's a chance to see Ruddy Gore, another Hallas and Bachelor of the Gilbert and Sullivan opera, and Tales of Hofnung, which is kind of classic animation. But also... Is Peter Sellers involved in that? He was involved I think that. Peter Sellers is, was definitely involved in that. And I think as a very small child, I saw this at a, oh, a right. cinema in the 19... Probably 50s, I should think, maybe early 60s. So there's a whole range of events through the museum and they've got a show on an exhibition for the duration of various bits of kit and photographs from the Hallas and Bachelor studio. I would urge any of our listeners to go along. I mean, I was fascinated. I was at an event a couple of years ago where I learned that Animal Farm was in fact part funded by the CIA, which I didn't know because they wanted to get the message out, but they couldn't do it through an American studio. So they did it this way. Uh, it's incredible. And you learn these interesting facts. You see some stunning animation, proper hand-drawn animation, not computer graphic animation. So that's one of the two events I look forward to every year of the animation. The other is the 60-second film challenge, which you've just mentioned. When will the theme be announced this year? As soon as you get the programme or go online, you can register. And as soon as you've registered, you'll be cut, you go on the list, but you will not know what the theme is until 8 o'clock in the morning of the Saturday. So everyone can then leap to it and you've got all Saturday and all Sunday until midnight when you need to upload the link to your film. It's properly made in you know, over those two days. So I can't reveal what that is publicly. No. We've got Sarah Tibbetts, who's a, a local filmmaker of some repute, and she's going to be kind of coordinating all that, the theme. And she'll also make a selection as well to go to, into that screening event at Lansdowne Hall. But all the films that are made well, will be able to be seen on the, on the website. And, and you're quite right. We can't give away too much on that. So let's look at last year's. How did last year's go? What was the theme? Wool and water. So those two words are very central to Stroud's history. So the sheep industry, you know, the sheep, the whole weaving and textiles. But anyone could interpret those two words in any way that they, they chose. So we had about 30 entries I think the youngest filmmakers were about 10. There were a number of families. There were some very polished and kind of accomplished pieces and some hilariously jolly Lego animations. They um, turned out an animation in a weekend. Absolutely. 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 Oh, they, they went without sleep then. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly, yes. Yeah. There's also somebody swimming in a lake. That was the water bit, which, given that it was quite a cold march, was a bit of self-sacrifice. 
That's yeah. a shame. We could have done that with Neil. Made him swim around the lake for a You've got to suffer minutes. for your art. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> have you finished? Thank God. <laughs> if you're interested, there's a small registration fee, but you know, we'd encourage lots of people to to take part in that. And it is, people have really, really enjoyed it. There's a level of pressure, not too intense, but it's... Um, there is if you do an animation on a weekend. Well, yes. But I mean, it, it's it's all about exploring what you can do. And often people have got the kit and the skills to actually make things, but they just don't do it. So it's kind of quite lighthearted and supportive environment. You know, you will then have your film up on the website and some of them will be on the big screen. Well, we'd expect one from you guys, I think. It's... Um, you know, well, Graham's our technician. We'll have him sort something out. I'm really impressed with people. They say wool and water to me to create something on film over a weekend. I wouldn't know where to start with that. I'd probably start with Lego myself. Yeah. Do you get teams of people doing it then? I suppose that's the way you know, you've got to brainstorm your ideas yeah. to start off with. Absolutely. I think it's uh, teams is definitely the way forward rather than one person doing it on their on their own. That would be quite hard. I do know some, there's three adults who, having made one, they've carried on doing it during the year. And they kind of meet up for a weekend and spend their time making more one-minute films. Well, it's a great format. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, given that everyone's got quite a short concentration span, they say, <laughs> these days, yeah. well, yeah. one minute's just about inside that. I've got a great idea, though, lads. We we'll see if Mark Jobs is free that weekend. Yeah, yeah. We'll, he'll be our ringer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's excluded. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, would you have the budget that would go with his uh, expectations? Yeah, yeah. And there our idea fell apart. Moving very swiftly on then. And what's Henry Cavill doing that weekend? <laughs> <laughs> it's not big enough for what we've got in yeah, mind. Yeah, we've got a big epic in mind, yeah. One minute epic. Moving very swiftly on. I got caught by surprise when I read through the list of films and I saw on there Amazing Grace. And I thought, that's that film that was partially done in Bristol and Gloucester about the slave trade. And of course, it's not, is it? It's a documentary about Aretha Franklin. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no copyright on film titles. There are six films called The Ring, for yes. example. Yeah. You know. uh, so, you know, it's all about Aretha Franklin and it's got some concerts which weren't screened during her lifetime and it's really highly regarded. Great if you're a fan of soul music or Aretha Franklin or just want to see a really great concert. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. Have you seen that? I one, haven't yeah? seen that, no, no, at all. But, I mean, I, people that I trust have spoken very highly about it. Yeah, no, no, it's, that's definitely on my list. And mine, yeah. My, I, I, saw in 19, right. I saw her in 1990. Yeah. Yeah, and what a stage presence. You walk around the stage and you couldn't take your eye off her. This voice came out of nowhere. Brilliant. Incredible. I have to watch that then. And Stroud Film Society are showing The Street. The Street is a documentary made, I think, over four years by maybe a first-time director. This, too, has won lots of awards, and I know that the Film Society saw this at a a pre-screening event and loved it. It's about a street in Hoxton. So what you have is that curious world of gentrification and then people who are kind of relatively less well-off, and it just explores you know, what it's like living in East London in the last few years. They're a mile from the Shard, and yet some people are living really in quite kind of difficult circumstances, and then there are all sorts of, you know, hipstery things going on. But it's done with a kind of sense of, well, it's more than just the stereotype. It's exploring in detail what makes some of those people tick. I think the key thing is that over four years, 
he earns the trust of those people. Again, just a fantastic lineup. And I see that the Goods on Paper Gallery with film posters reimagined back again. My favourite. I really love that. The sci-fi one, amazing. Oh, incredible. Well, Good on Paper, for the first time are doing that exhibition, going to be in the subrooms because okay. rather than SVA are doing a couple of other really interesting things, but at the subrooms, that show will be in the George room downstairs, the kind of exhibition space, and I can't reveal what the theme is. I did ask, and it was like, I think we'll reveal they're going to launch that at some point in the future. But local artists and designers will be given films to reimagine. I mean, the film posters are a lovely format to express yourself it, on. It's great. The 12 Monkeys one still stays with me. I thought yes. that was an incredible piece of work. I have bought a couple of those over the years. They're great on, on your wall because yeah. that combination of image and text or maybe two images and text into one piece is something which, I mean, even the font kind of speaks volumes yeah. that, that people use in, in designing those. So that's, that's something to look forward to. And I could just say that at Stroud Valley's Art Space, what we've got is as a really interesting evening of, of shorts by local filmmakers and actually it's an introduction to a project inviting local people to make shorts themselves. So there's a kind of project ongoing which will try to, what's the word, get people to explore their creativity and inspire them. So short films but, you know, seen as a, a sort of stimulus as well as being to appreciate them in their own right. Because we do have in the area, as you know, a lot of potential filmmaking talent. Yes. And it's like this thing about, you know, the 60-second film challenge. It's getting people to actually put it on screen rather than have an idea. I mean, we're so fortunate now that 20 years ago, access to a decent camera and editing equipment was really difficult yeah. and expensive. And now we're so spoilt, and yet people kind of don't get round to it. So this is trying to kind of motivate people to do something, you know, really creative and, and different. Well, you look at that film last year, Stroud's Secret Suffragist. You know, the director on that film, River Driver Sharp, she was only 18 when she made it. And it's a great piece of work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many young people with with skills in those areas. Well, the future should be looking very, very bright. People that can read and write film and yeah. video as as well as people that can read and write words. And, and listening as we've gone through the whole lineup, I'm now really pleased that it's spread out as long as it is, because normally in a film festival you get five, six days. It's all crammed in. You can't see everything. You've got to be very selective. Here you've got that time to really map out where you want to see and hopefully see 80%, 90% of it. We'd like people to come and see as much of it as they can, but yeah. we're aware that an audience has got you know a finite capacity so if you've been out three times in a week, four times, that's, that sounds like the tops for most people. So by spreading it out, we give more people more chances to kind of enjoy that, that range that we've, uh, yeah. that we've put on. I did mention Rush Skate Park. If you're a skateboarder, there will now be some particularly special movies up there, which people can take. Um, well, I mean, that, have you been? It's an extraordinary space, really huge indoors, and they're going to have a couple of screens up at each end of the skate park. People come from miles around to go there. There will be films about about uh, skateboarding, but, you know, really good ones. So that's an innovation that we've done this year, just expanding uh, that audience. Will they be on, on screen? Because I'd like to see, see there's a famous uh, skateboarding video called Z-Boys, which I'd like to see actually on a big screen. So It's on big screens. They're working on the programme right now. We don't know what it is. They'll release it. It's called, working title is 
Rush Film Fest. All right. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what comes out. Let's go into the most important details of all. We started with this. So what are the dates again, please, Andy? Okay, so there's a leading event on the 21st of February, and then the festival proper kicks off on the 27th of February and goes through for nearly a month until the 28th of March. So that 27th of Feb, after the lead-in, the first event, is that the Prince Albert? Uh, no, that's that's actually Marriage Story at Wooten, and then a couple of days later is the kind of the launch event. Okay. So we're taking liberties with the word launch. Right, But yeah. it's a kind of, you know, it, it's a different kind of thing. It's not a screening. And it's in a great pub as well. It's in a great pub, absolutely. And there will be projections, you know, on the walls and the chance to listen through the silent disco headphones. So combining cinema and pub in one. So you heard it here. Go check it out. Get your tickets. And we'll put a link in the show notes. We'll put, definitely put a link. I would also say, if I can at this point, that last year some Stroud filmgoers were disappointed to find that things had sold out because obviously we were doing something right and the <laughs> word had gone out and actually more than half the events last year had sold out prior to the the date. So people turning up on the door were turned away, sadly. You know, avoid that by booking in advance. Uh, a lot of our listeners now have these podcasts automatically downloaded as soon as they come out. So if you are listening to this soon after you've downloaded it, get onto it now, get those tickets before they sell out. There's some cracking events that we've spoken about here, really needs to be checked out. One final thing, charity links. Are there any this year? Because this is non-profit, the whole uh, Stroud Film Festival. Absolutely, non-profit and, and largely volunteer-led as well. Well, we talked about a couple of film evenings at Atelier. There's a third film evening, which is called The Language of Grief, which is going to be at Open House, which is, it's about bereavement. It's three different films about bereavement. And there's a charity, which is called The Good Grief Project, set up by two filmmakers in Stroud, who've produced some films that some of us here will have seen in the past, Jimmy Edmonds and Jane Harris. And they're running... Uh, that event, it's the first Saturday of the film festival. And it sounds, well, it will be serious and, and sombre, but it kind of important and, and meaningful and exploring some of the kind of key issues that lie behind, especially the loss of a, of a younger person, mm-hmm. I think. So that's the charity that we're kind of most closely associated with, The Good Grief Project. We're checking out and we'll put a link to them in our show notes. So thank you for that. Andy, thank you very much for sparing the time as you're running around organising this. And we'll also see you at the festival as well. I look forward to that, Jeff. Thanks very much indeed, well, all of you, for, uh, for this. Know. Thank see you, you very much. Cheers, then. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. To make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast, please subscribe to At The Flicks at our website, at theflix.uk and if possible please remember to rate and review at the flicks wherever you get your podcasts you can contact the team on twitter or by email our contact details are also on our website at theflix.uk thanks for listening